Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Playoff Preview Podcast. This is why you watch the Chiefs all year long. It's for the postseason. And this weekend, Saturday evening, Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs take on the Tennessee Titans in the wild card round. Sean, the barbershop, how are we feeling? Hey, man, it's time. You know, it's kind of like, you know, nine months is coming. You know what I'm saying? It's, almost, it's ready to have that baby, man. It's 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 time for that, that playoff birth. It's time to go out and uh, see, see who's going to arise to the occasion, man. Playoff, playoff football. We play all season long just to see who's going to um, rise to the top. And the Chiefs have been left standing. They're one of the teams left standing. We hopefully uh, will see them play to uh, play one of their best performances uh, this coming Saturday. Joel Thorman, the blog father, not with us today. Really the perfect storm of things happened, some family stuff, some work stuff. So he will be rejoining us hopefully next week for another preview podcast if all goes well this weekend. Again, the Titans 9-7. and seven. The game time is Saturday afternoon, 3.25 p.m. Kansas City, Arrowhead Stadium. If you're not going to the game, Sean McDonough, your future enemy, John Gruden, Lisa Salters, <laughs> and Adam Schefter on the call. General feeling, Sean, heading into this weekend. For, for, I, first, yeah. I know you're Mr. Positive, but re- re- realistically, how how we feeling? First of all, my positivity is realistic, so let's get <laughs> let's get that out of the way. But I, I think this will be a perfect time. Um, it's a Saturday game. Um, usually, the last time I've seen uh, Arrowhead on a Saturday, it was electric. Um, the fan base, the the, the 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 sea of red comes alive on Saturdays. Um, like you said, with John Gruden being the uh, almost the uh, defunct new coach of the the uh, Raiders, it'll be perfect for him to come see what he's in store for. Uh, a little preview to what's coming up next for him when he takes over for the Raiders. Um, reintroduce him to the Sea of Red, to Arrowhead Stadium, what the kingdom is about. Uh, so any any chance on a national level um, that you have to go out there and show how tough an atmosphere it is to play when you come to Arrowhead, I think our fan base should just take uh, take up take take all advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Um, show the country. Um, how tough it is to come into Arrowhead Stadium. We'll get into a little bit more of that Arrowhead Stadium atmosphere in a second, but let's first talk about the latest news when it comes to injuries. Akeem Hunt and DeAnthony Thomas are being placed on the injured reserve, and those are your kick returners. So there's a little bit of void. Dave Tobe had mentioned Demarcus Robinson, Sharkandrick West, said he would love, love to use Tyree Kill there. Should the Chiefs even be considering that? Um, I don't I, – I, I don't expect us to be uh, having a bunch of kick returns because that means that the Titans are scoring a lot if we're doing a bunch of kick returns. So, um, you know, two returns in the game. Um, I think Robinson can go out there and get it done. Um, Spiller, if he's active, he'll get it done. Um, and most of the time, those are touchbacks anyway. So I, I see that as a pretty much a non-factor. That's right. With the IR move, C.J. Spiller back for his fifth time this season fifth go round baby fifth time's a charm fifth time's a charm we have a couple game storylines for this the Chiefs begin the quest to get over that playoff hunt which right now is at 23 years the last time the Chiefs won a home playoff game in front of that Kansas City crowd we talked about the atmosphere a little bit already here was Andy Reid on the atmosphere he expects on Saturday evening we love it uh there's nothing nothing like Arrowhead when that place is packed and uh you know, it's a little cold and that smoke coming out of the, you know, it's great. And that ground's shaking a little bit. 
doesn't get any better. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. Now, someone in tickets contacted me earlier this week and said the ticket price is a little bit lower than it has been in the past for Arrowhead Stadium. Do you think it's just Chiefs fans getting used to the fact that this is now usually a playoff team? Yeah, man, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth, so I would, I would thank the uh, Hunt family, thank, thank uh, the Chiefs for keeping the ticket price uh, manageable <laughs> instead of uh, hiking up the price, you know, all this, what's called flex, these flex pricing uh, schedules that happen all year long. I, for what it's worth, I can't imagine the Titans traveling well. They're just not one of those teams that are notoriously known, like the Steelers, for traveling well. I, I just think it's interesting that in the secondary market, prices are down. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, don't don't look at this. Uh, be be happy you have an opportunity to go and, and take a family to four and watch a playoff game for under 500 bucks. How about that? It's great. I mean, it's cheaper than a movie, I'm sure. <laughs> the Titans won last year. That's another storyline for this game. The Chiefs, if you remember, jumped out to a 14 nothing lead. But could it finish the job? Ryan Suckup hits that last-second field goal in 1917 revenge game. Does that matter at all going into this game? I don't think so. I think I mean I think uh, Suckup had a lot going into it. You know, freshly being cut, signed up by a new team, um, going against the old team, uh, having a having a chance to uh, really win it on his leg, on his on, on his foot. Um, so I, I know that probably was a great atmosphere, a great you know uh, return to Arrowhead for Ryan Suckup, but. Uh, now it's kind of been there, done that. Uh, now it's just two teams. Um, no, the records we we swipe them clean. Zero zero. Um, you need to you need to win three or four games straight in order to win a Super Bowl. And so that that's what it's the first game, first week of the postseason. No one's caring about any records, any rankings. Um, whoever makes the most plays and whoever has the ball last. A lot of times it always comes down to a field goal. And I know we got Harry Buck kicker on our side. They got Ryan suck up. Both guys uh, are more than capable of making game-winning field goals. You got your old girlfriend coming to play your new girlfriend. <laughs> and the new girlfriend at Chiefs Kingdom is a little nice number named Harry Buttkicker. Uh, Butt so the Chiefs are, I think, in a lot better shape this year, even than last year, only because they've won their last four. They're playing their yeah. best football at the right time. The Titans are in a way, and I understand they won last week, but they're back in their way into the playoffs a little bit because they have been playing their best football before they beat the Jaguars last week. They lost three in a row. Uh, the thing about this week, and I've heard a lot of Chiefs talking about this, is they're saying the playoffs are faster, DJ being one of them. Listen to this. Well, I'm letting the guys know that uh, this, is, this game is – if you don't think it gets faster, it gets faster. Uh, it's already fast, but uh, it gets faster in the postseason – a lot of things are at stake, a lot of things are on the line, and uh, those little mistakes that you make here and there, they're magnified. Can't make them. Uh, game, it's not going to be perfect, but uh, we need everybody uh, playing at a certain level. Now, I heard this on the Titans side of the football, too. They say it's different levels. You have the preseason, and you know college kids think that that's a little faster than the college game, and then you get into the regular season, that's a little faster, and then the postseason, does it really actually pick up you've been out there i don't i don't think the speed of the game gets any faster i just think um everything is more uh highlighted a missed tackle in the postseason is not it is worth twice the amount of uh of mental errors or you know when you when you're breaking down film if you see mental errors and and penalties and uh like i said missed tackles drop passes those things can end your season during the, during the year, it's kind of, hey, you know, we can coach them up. You know, you hear coaches, hey, we got some things that we've seen on film. We can coach them up. We can get better in certain aspects. It's no more time for that kind of talk. The room for error. The room is, is no room it's anymore. It's gone. It, it's gone. It's now it's time to put up a shut up. You play your best ball or you go home. 
So um, the, the accountability, I think, is a thing that, you know, prep people, players put on themselves, the amount of accountability to their teammates and to get things done, to do their job, to be in the right position on each play, um, execute your assignment. Those type of things get, get dialed up a little bit. And so I think it feels like it's going faster, but it's more so just the accountability level gets, uh, get, gets amped up a little bit. Good to know. One storyline I wanted to remind the Arrowhead Pride heads out there was the Tamba Hali, because in the offseason, out of nowhere, he came out and said he was really upset that he got seven snaps in last year's playoff game. Since he's been back with the Chiefs this season, he's been in a limited role. You really don't see him a ton out there. So it wouldn't be apart from the norm to see him get limited snaps in this playoff game. But I bring it up because in the offseason, he's loud, Tamba. But obviously when he gets back in the building, there are people telling him you know, not to say anything. Is he hoping to play like 80% of these snaps in this game? Um, I think he just wants to go out there and do whatever he has to do to win. Uh, Tamba is a guy who's very result-natured. Uh, I mean, whatever the result needs to be. If he, could, if he plays 10 games, I mean 10 snaps, and those are – 10 snaps that are game-changing uh, snaps, third-down snaps only, or, um, you know, whatever, 14 snaps just on third down, and he's able to go in there and get some quarterback pressures, um, be on the sideline, just like Tom always does, you know, being a, a – Almost in an Eric Berry. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he, he is he is, he is amazing on the sideline. Uh, whether we are on offense or defense, he is right beside coach, rooting the guys on, telling them, let's get off the field on defense. Hey, offense, let's get a first down. And that type of encouragement from a, from a leader like him, um, it, it rings throughout the organization. So um, it's definitely a different when he – it's a difference out there when he's on the sideline and when he's not. And so he, his value is way beyond what he does actually on the field when it comes to snaps. See, you know, you're not going to be counting Thomas snaps, but I'm going to be there with my abacus. I'm going to be making sure I, I see how many snaps that Thomas gets <laughs> because four months from now – when he goes on a midsummer, you know, Facebook rant, I want to have a, a hold of this. Oh, Lord. I want to have a hold of this. I mean, I, the only reason I bring it up is because he, multiple times this summer, was saying the number of snaps. Not me. I didn't. I didn't make this up. I mean, that's what he was saying. So I'm just curious just to see how much he plays. I think we maybe disagree in that fashion a little bit. Last storyline I want to talk about, and this is kind of just the feeling I'm getting. One thing I do before we do this podcast is I go back and I watch what the Titans have said. You know, in their press conferences, I watch what the Chiefs have said, what everything has been released on the team websites. I read. Uh, one thing I've realized, and I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, is that this vibe that these two teams have right now, it's just very different. The Titans have not been in the playoffs since 2008. And the sense that I got from the players and watching the videos and even the media questions of those in Tennessee is that they're a little bit happy to be there. You know, they kind of snuck in. They haven't been there in a long time. They've already sort of achieved their goal, which was making the playoffs because they haven't done it in so long. And the proof is in Brian Arakpo, a nine-year NFL veteran. He tells the media, I never thought I'd see the playoffs. I have, I have some sound from Carl Klug, defensive player for the Titans. Listen to this. Does it mean something, though, to walk out there and know that not just that you're back and you're healthy, but this is a playoff game? Yeah, play, definitely. That, mean, that means a whole lot. Uh, it's been seven years since we you know, even got this opportunity, so – just to have a chance to go out there and, uh, in a playoff game, that's going to feel good. And I'm not saying overlook anyone, Sean. I'm not. But the Chiefs have so much more goal-wise because they've been there four out of five times in the last year, whereas I think the Titans are coming in, again, just a little bit satisfied with being there, whereas if the Chiefs lose this game, this season, and this 
regime, the Alex Smith era, is kind of a failure, isn't it? Whereas the tit- if the Titans lose this game and it's, and it's one and out, you know what? There's something to build on for next year, and you can feel kind of positive about that. Well, I think, I mean, I think the Titans coming in with the right mentality. You know, they, they're kind of, uh, uh, what's it, betting house money. You know, they, they, exactly. There's some place they, they didn't expect themselves to be, and now they're going to make the best, uh, best with it. And so, what, would, what you know about their, their, their coach and stuff is he's going he's to coach them up. He's going to get them ready to prepare to play, play tough, hard nosed football. Uh, you know, another, another team stadium is going to be a tough environment. They got to play it close to the vest. Um, Try to try to be very uh, uh, not risky with the football, you know all the things you need to do, and then hope they have a chance to win it at the end. That's what you hope if you're a Tennessee Titans coach. I just feel with the Chiefs this year, and I haven't felt this in previous years. There really is an excuse because you were surprised last year when Pittsburgh won. You're not going to be surprised by anyone coming with their best game in Arrowhead mm-hmm. Stadium. It's not like they rolled all year. They were humbled in the middle of the year. Said we can lose too, and we could lose looking really bad. And they figured it out. They're playing their best football. They feel good. They have an opponent they're superior to. And here you have this grand opportunity to go in and win a game and then get to a situation where if you win one football game, you could go to the AFC title. I know it starts on Saturday, but I just like the feeling of this team right now. Yeah, I, I like the fact that we get to play first, too. Just get, 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 get the playoffs rolling. We're the first game up. Not, not sitting around watching anybody else play. Um, the Chiefs. You want you want Demarcus Robinson to pull a Nile Davis, <laughs> don't you? I mean, I wouldn't mind that opening kickoff going back. I mean, I think that the, the entire season for the Chiefs have been a a a you know playing really well to begin with, like you're saying, going to the bottom of the well, realizing, hey, if we don't play, nothing is given. Like there is no gimmies in football. We're not going to be no no team's going to walk in here, and we're not going to go into the stadium and just somebody's going to lay down for us. You got to go take it. You got to take your victories. You got to take your wins. And I think that was probably one of the best lessons learned this year during the season is that the Chiefs have to play like the Chiefs in order to win. No one's going to just hand over victories to them. And uh, it's so much better to learn that during the season than to go 14 and 2 and have this uh, air of expectation. And then you're down 14 points in the first playoff game. That was the feeling that I was getting from the Philadelphia Eagles prior to Wentz falling. I, I, I felt that they're going to walk into this playoffs and feel like they're unbeatable. And that's the most dangerous way to be. I think Bill Belichick is one of those coaches out there who's found a way to continue to motivate his players despite success in the regular yes. season. That's really hard to do. Yeah, that's probably one and one of his greatest coaching attributes is the fact that he, I, I would say hands down, always has his team prepared to, to play winning football. They don't always win. Um, they make mistakes too. But as far as a mental aspect, when it comes to that, that, that mental game, I think they always come in with that mental edge and then they have to, you know, bring that physicality and they have to bring the, the skills and all that kind of stuff to the game. But from a mental edge, I think they always come um, kind of with that box already checked as far as the Patriots are concerned. Well, well those are your game storylines, the Chiefs. And the Titans, 335 this Saturday night. When we come back on the Arrowhead Pride podcast, we'll discuss the X's and O's of this game. What to watch on the field. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Pete Sweeney here with the Barbershop. Former Chief Sean Barber, we're talking the Chiefs wild card weekend game against the Tennessee Titans coming at you this Saturday night, 335 p.m., from Arrowhead Stadium, we're getting into the X's and O's of this game. The Chiefs offense coming in at number five versus that Tennessee defense at number 13. Let's start with Matt Nagy and what he thinks of the Tennessee defense. I'll tell you this. This defense that we're about to see, um, they're very physical, and they know that. That's one of their, that's one of their trademarks. 
and they were physical last year. They never gave up. They kept fighting, and then they went in at the end on the field goal. So um, our guys got to mentally be prepared to, to understand that, uh, both mentally and physically, and we got to be able to withstand the test and, and start fast. Alex Smith doubling down on Nagy's thoughts. Yeah, they're, they're good as a group in the sense you're not keying on one guy. I mean, they're all really good. They can all penetrate. They all get uh, after the passer. They're all really disruptive. So, uh, yeah, as a group, and, I, and certainly I think um, they take a lot of pride in that. I think you can see that on film. Um, so, you know, another another big test for us. And, and uh, you know, uh, like I said, yeah, they, a lot of that starts with them up front and, and the pressure they get uh, in the pass game and the run game. Tennessee number five at sacking the quarterback in the league. Twelve different players for the Titans have at least one sack this year. They're led by Derek Morgan with seven and a half and Brian Arakpo with seven. Sean, when you think about what this Titans defense offers in quarterback pressure, what do you think about? Um, they, they do a lot of scheming. So um, it's two ways to pressure a quarterback. It's either you bring more from one side and they have the block, or you do creative things uh, – TE stunts, ET stunts, bringing a linebacker a hat off of, of a corner. You do, you do something from a technical standpoint, from a schematic standpoint, to take advantage of a, of a combination block. Um, the way Tennessee attacks is they just they, they come at you. They have, they have their, their three guys up front that um, a lot of times they only bring three, and then they have a guy spy. Um, it, it's, 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 it's not that com- complex of a – of a of a rush, it's more of beating one on one. They 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 rely more on Morgan and Arakpo to just beat their one on ones instead of trying to uh, scheme ways to to chip guys to come up with them free and stuff like that. So they but they bring anybody. They they, they will bring anybody. The defense is uh, very similar to what we've seen in the the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. That you know LeBeau style defense. Um, a lot of zone blitzing, a lot of zone schemes behind uh, bringing some extra guys. So it's not, it's not a complicated defense. They just, you know, they, they cover on the backside and, and and get to the quarterback real good. For me, that emphasizes the offensive line for the Chiefs because of the three units for Tennessee, you think their defense probably is their strongest. Yeah. So the offensive line is going to be huge in this game. And as you're saying, they bring pressure from all sides, from all different players. So even if you're a guard or center, I mean, the health of the Chiefs' starting offensive line, I think, is going to be critical uh, throughout the playoffs, but especially this game. Especially, you know, in the quarterback position, when you look at this defense, you have to bear, you have to do a really good job of, of, of analyzing and determining whether you're seeing zone or man behind it. And they try to bring enough pressure and get the pressure to you before you can realize what you're seeing. And so some of it is like trap coverages that where you run a zone on one side, a man on the other, hoping that you throw into a man side when it's really zone and they get a pick. Or hoping you throw, uh, you think you're throwing into a, a, a zone side and it's really man and they get a pass breakup. That, those are the two things they do behind their blitz package. And it's all with intentions of getting the quarterback to throw the ball um, before he's ready. Now, so, preventative-wise of, of letting that exploit you, what is Alex Smith doing this week? Just a lot of film? I think the film study, I mean, what you realize from those guys is that they are, they are a young secondary. They have a Dory Jackson's one of their, start, their starting corners. He's a first round draft pick out of USC. Um, he isn't, he isn't as talented as a Marcus Peters, but he is a, a very quick, a skilled athlete. He does a lot of things really well. He has great ball skills, but he's, he's left in, in man coverage a lot. He's left in like a trail technique and he just, I mean, he just, he just runs. He just runs and tries to beat him with the ball. You can take advantage of that. You can take advantage of him with the double moves. You can take advantage of the defense as a whole. Um, Kelsey is going to be so big 
um, in the game as far as your tight end position being able to control the middle of the field. Uh, when you do when you do a lot of trick coverages when you're doing half and half, the middle of the field sometimes that's where all the holes are. That's where that's where things aren't crossing patterns. <laughs> things get a lot yeah. a lot cloudier, a lot of gray areas left as far as who's supposed to cover who when it's when you're talking about in between the hashes. So uh, I see Alex Smith doing a lot of uh, check downs uh, to hunt, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of um, targeting Kelsey early on. Um, I, I would see the, the the offense just matriculating right down the field, getting us in scoring position. Again, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Mike, Mike Malarkey, the head coach of the Titans, was asked about the Chiefs' tight end this week. And listen to the fear, the fear <laughs> in Malarkey's voice. Uh, there will be a couple guys that will have, have their hands full with him. Um, again, based on who, who gets the assignment on, on, the, on the defensive call, but uh, he, he, he is a handful to have to, to handle. Um, and we got a, a number of guys we feel good about. I mean, uh, I think Kevin Byard's going to have a, um, a day with him. So um, it's easier said than done covering this guy. Let me give you a translation. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's going to have 145 yards and probably two touchdowns, but hopefully uh, Marcus Mariota in our offense can get three touchdowns. <laughs> well, Kevin Bart, you know, he leads the league. He's, he's doing. He's, he's had a great season, but uh, most of his, most of his interceptions come off of just bad pass. I mean, it's not like he's uh, his his physical attributes is making him just uh, a world beater at, at the safety position. He's not a ball hawk. He's he's just in the right place at the right times. A lot of times, a lot of balls been tipped balls or hit up in the air. Um, it's a tough matchup with him and Kelsey. Kelsey's definitely a, uh, a more polished receiver than he is a defender. And like I said, a lot of times in the zone blitz schemes, it's not always the, the best cover guy covering your guy. It's kind of like whoever just ends up covering, uh, you know, according to this blitz package, sometimes it's going to be an inside linebacker. Sometimes it might be a DN on Kelsey. And so when you see those type matchups, I mean, we have to do what we have to do to really take advantage of when that mismatch happens. Safety for the Titans, Kevin Byard in his second season, tied for the league league this year in interceptions with eight after a rookie season with zero. Yeah. He was asked about the Chiefs offense this week. Well, watching on film, you know, Alex Smith, he's a guy, he's like to get the ball out pretty quick, like to get the ball in, in his receiver's hands so they can make some, you know, make some shake with the ball. So Tyreek Hill, you know, Kelsey, all those guys can make plays with the ball. So we're going to have to contain all those. As you mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, as Byard mentioned, Travis Kelsey, someone to watch. But he also mentioned Tyreek Hill. And from what he was saying this week, they're very aware that Tyreek Hill can take the top off of this defense. So preventative-wise on the tight side of the football, how do they make sure just a little bit of easing off Tyreek Hill a little bit? The, the, the positive about the Chiefs is they're so balanced right now. You can't take away everything. You can't take the top off from Hill. You can't double Kelsey and uh, have an eighth man in the box against Hunt. You can't. You, you don't have enough defenders to do it all. So what you hope to do is get enough pressure in the passing game that it that it that it negates some of your strengths on offense. Hopefully, hopefully you can't find the fact that Hill is running one on one with Adoree Jackson. Hopefully, you can't find the fact that uh, Kelsey has been uh, is, is running a, a a bank seven route against your safety and now he's wide open. So you're hoping to bring pressure fast enough that it makes us just throw the ball to the flat, throw it to the quick, you know, throw it where they want you to throw it so they can rally and make a tackle. Um, It's kind of a a, a boom or bust type defense. And they give up a lot of long drives. They get up a lot of first downs, but they're very opportunistic. And so sometimes when the ball goes, uh, you throw it a little early, it allows some of their ball hawks to actually make plays on the ball. And if you hold the ball, then obviously uh, they have the ability to sack the quarterback at a high rate. Now, all year we've been talking about this three-headed monster for the Chiefs, and you mentioned Hunt in a second. But So you have Travis Kelsey, you have Tyreek Hill, 
And then the one thing the Chiefs didn't have last season against this Titans team that found a way to fight their way back into this game and win it ultimately was Kareem Hunt, who's the rushing NFL rushing champion this year as a rookie. Why does Hunt make a difference? Maybe that Spencer Ware didn't last year. Well, you know, having, having a rushing game when it comes to, you know, people talk about the four-minute offense. Four-minute offense is when you get the ball, you get the lead in the second half, you're about two touchdowns, you're about ten points. If you can get a rushing game that can actually grind out a couple first downs, that's how you demoralize the defense. It's not the pass. It's not when you, when you go over the top two two times and up by fourteen because you hit them with some bomb passes. The defense isn't demoralized. But when you when you're rushing the ball for five yards to carry, breaking tackles, eluding rushers, they call the right defense. But because your running back is so elusive, he's making guys miss in the hole and still hitting them for first down after first down. That's the drive that breaks the the camel's back. That's the drive in the second half where the Tennessee Titans realize, all right, the game's over. Let's pack it up for the season. Now, you know, you spoke a lot of football going over these X's and O's. I think translating it for someone who might be a casual fan, you tend to think the Chiefs just have too many weapons for them to reasonably lose this football game. Definitely. It's too balanced. Um, it's, not the, it's not even the amount, the amount of weapons. It's the fact that right now it's so balanced. It, it's, you're seeing 200 yards passing. You're seeing 100 from Kelsey, 100 from the wide receivers. Um, you're seeing um, – um, uh, Alex Smith being so efficient with the ball, um, touchdown to turnover ratio is outstanding. Third down efficiency is outstanding. His completion uh, quarter QBR rate. I mean, the way the offense is clicking right now, it's just it has to just keep doing what it's been doing. Up front, being solid, not giving up immediate pressure, keeping that pocket nice and 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 and, and protected, allowing Alex Smith to step up. Um, he keeps his eyes downfield. Alex, knowing the difference between being mobile. And when he needs to run for a first down, I mean, he's making such such smart decisions with the ball, and he's leading this offense. He's not just playing the quarterback position, but he's actually leading this offense. And I think that offense being uh, it's the most balanced in the NFL this this year, and that's why we have one of the top quarterbacks, one of the top tight ends, one of the leading rusher, and then a, a supporting cast. Our second tight end, um, Harris, is doing well. Um, uh, Twelve. Uh, um, Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson's yeah. doing well. It, 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 it's just it's so many uh, X factors to, to throw in there. It's just it's very tough to start a, stop a defense. I mean, stop an offense when you're uh, when you're when you're playing that uh, that balanced. So on the Chiefs' offensive side of the football, we give the Chiefs' offense the nod over the Titans' defense, all led by Alex Smith, a quarterback who kind of is similar. To Alex Smith is Marcus Mariota. He leaves his Tennessee offense at number 23 to face the Chiefs defense at number 28. First, let's start with what Bob Sutton thinks about this Tennessee offense. They've got a they got an outstanding offensive line, uh, two uh, better tackles in our league, uh, both run blocking and protection. They've done a really good job of uh, protecting Marcus, I think, and allowing him time to to throw the football and. Uh, you know they're, they're a team that can run the ball very effectively. They got a tough mindset. I think it's a, you know, a reflection of the head coach. You know, kind of grew up in that system as a tight end. Uh, was there at Pittsburgh when they were a great running team and coaching. And uh, you know, it, it it's just it's very similar. You know, the way they attack you and uh, they're they're just a good team. You know, they've got obviously one the one backs out, but uh, Henry's still a legitimate player, big man almost 250 pounds and uh, got an outstanding tight end. So they there's they got plenty of weapons, and, um, you know, we're going to have to play a really, a really good football game on defense. You heard Bob mention it right there, the fact that 
DeMarco Murray likely to not play in this game. That's the vibe you're getting from the Tennessee locker room. Derrick Henry, the younger player, should be in there for the Titans. We'll get into that in a second, but I just want to go over what Mike Malarkey saw in the Chiefs defense this year comparing it to last year. It was interesting. I looked at my notes, team notes from a, a year ago when we played them on the uh, 18th of December. Um, they were 10-3, and three, first place in the AFC, and they, uh, my, the majority of the notes was about their turnovers and how they don't turn it over. And uh, I, I mean, almost a spitting image of my what I could have said this time was the same as last time. They're, they're, they create a lot of turnovers. They, they wreak havoc defensively, um, and it, it's not any different this time around except being a playoff game. Sean, what jumps out to you about this matchup? I mean, I mean, he speaks truth. It is the, the defense does play very similar. Um, that's probably based off of the consistency at the coordinator, right? Bob has been here. Uh, the Sutton defense has been here for a number of seasons now, and they, they, no matter how much the fan base and everybody asks for things to change, we want Peters to travel. We want to see more. I mean, we, we, we all these things we want to see. Bob Sutton reminds me of if you ever seen the movie A Beautiful Mind, John Nash. He's just like a little bit hunched over, but you can see there's so many things going on in that head. And yeah, there are times when the Chiefs struggle, but he always figures it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not about the play calls; it's the players. He ha- he asks players to do things that they've done over and over and over again, and do them at a higher level. This this improve your technique a little bit. We're not going to have you doing things you haven't done before. We're going to keep doing the same things over and over again because that's in, in defense, that's how you get good at stuff. You get really good at things on defense by doing it over and over again. So a lot of the techniques that our guys are doing, they've been doing since day one. And it's about players just taking the accountability of there's no magic call. There's no magic defense. You just have to be, uh, 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 you know, kind of ingrained in, 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 in being a professional and doing your one-on-one um, accepting your one-on-one challenge, and then defeating that guy and doing your responsibility every down, every down, and every down. Malarkey mentioned how similar the defense is uh, to last year, but one major difference, I believe, and I've been saying this all year long, is now the Chiefs have a viable right cornerback on the other side in Darrell Reeves, who has been getting more and more with the speed of the NFL game as the weeks go along. You saw it last week's game. He got in there even though it was meaningless. He's still, I think, transitioning to getting back into NFL shape. But here is Bob Sutton under Rel Rebus. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, really, what he has done, uh, considering he had no camp, no nothing, and, uh, you know, he just dropped in here. And so, uh, um, and, and that's nothing to, about the technique or the football X and O part. It's just getting back in that kind of condition and that, that type of reaction time, and I think each and every week he's been out here, he's got better uh, from that regard. You know, he's a he's a great technician uh, throughout his entire career, and I think that's starting to come back, you know, little by little each, each week here. So, uh, you know, hopefully he's another guy that keeps ascending right now. Revis, Peters, Justin Houston, the entire Chiefs defense will be in charge of getting after Marcus Mariota, but the thing that May concern me, if anything, is the Chiefs do tend to struggle sometimes with these mobile quarterbacks. You saw them struggle with Taylor, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott, Mariota a little bit last year. Jameis Winston comes to mind a little bit. Any worry of that for you? No, not really. I mean, I, I see the uh, the mobile quarterback is some. You know, everybody struggles with a mobile quarterback because it's, it's you don't count you don't account for it. You never account for the quarterback running. You count for him to throw the ball or to hand it off, and so. They they might get a few first downs off off the mobility of Mariota, but uh, long term uh, for, for the game as a whole, um, if 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 he's running the ball, then that's a plus for. Our, if he's not throwing the ball and getting double chunks, throwing the ball, um, um, completing passes or handing it off to 
uh, that big running back. Yeah, I, th- I think he's similar to Alex Smith in a way where he's always looking to pass the football and only runs if the play breaks and he sees an open lane. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. I mean, just his his his, his turn his turnover ratio has, has really been up this year as he, opposed to he, he had a nasty stiff arm last week on a play to win the game. Did you see that play? <laughs> that, that was pretty good. I guess the Jacksonville good. Jaguars. A real, real good play where obviously the play broke down. He needed to get the first down. You know, he he dashes and, and you know, um, jukes left to right, makes a lot of Jaguars miss and gets right into the open field. The Jaguar is about to tackle him, stiff arms him, and, you know, then tells him about it. Mariota looked like the old Mariota last game. If there was ever something to make you worry, like a little bit, he rushed for 60 yards, had a good day throwing the football. They got the win. That's my only thing, but if they're if if they're if the only thing the Chiefs have to worry about is Mariota being mobile, I think you're right. I think they're in good shape. Yeah, that's that's the that's the last thing we need to be um, worried about as far as him winning the ball based off his mobility. As far as the whole game is concerned, um, you know he'll keep he'll keep some drives going using his legs, um, but but you just got you got, you got to play him top down. You have to you have to do what you do on the back end. Um, their receivers don't really scare you, but they can they can they can make they can have you know. Uh, uh, Rashad, he can have a big game every once in a while, but um, the, the receivers are just uh, they're, they're just they just who are, they are who they are. They're they're not great receivers. They're above average. They can make plays, but um, it's their rushing game and controlling the uh, ball, the uh, time of possession, keeping your offense off the field, and their defense giving their offense a short field. That's where they really um, come alive. Is when they get a sack. Uh, strip fumble or they get an interception from Bard and they now only have 40 yards to go to score. When, when you, when you quick, they have the 80 yards, quick to go, strike type. when you get them down to their own 20 and you get them and they have to go 80 yards, rarely they can go, uh, you know, eight play drives or, or sustained drives for, for long yardage. They usually, you know, get one, two first downs, they punt the ball, then they play solid defense and try to get their offense back the ball. They call it turning the field. Yeah. So, I think through the air, your players to watch are Rashard Matthews, who you mentioned. That's a favorite target of uh, Mariota. Delaney Walker, he seems like he has the athleticism of Travis Kelsey, just isn't as quick and and obviously just not as good of a player, but he's still pretty good. So Delaney Walker is another player to watch. Eric Decker, a wide receiver who's well-known, I think, league-wide. It's just a name you've you've seen a lot. He had three drops last week. He'll be looking to rebound. Uh, from that. But in the run game, again, we mentioned DeMarco Murray has a slight MCL tear from week 16. Unlikely that he goes, so it's Derrick Henry. Kind of a breakout season, 176 carries for 744 yards. I'd imagine next season he's going to be the guy in Tennessee where they'll get away from DeMarco Murray. Listen to what Derrick Johnson had to say on the Titans offense and stopping this run. You know what? Um, th- their offense is a young offense, um, uh, uh, very explosive when it comes to running the ball. They can really run the ball and stick with the run. Get, get, they give you a lot of different formations, uh, man with the line and tackle over. I mean, it's a lot of things that they uh, that they possess uh, just to get you a little confused. Then they run the ball right at you, and uh, uh, they have some pretty good running backs. Uh, one of the running backs is bigger than, uh, you know, all the linebackers. So that's, uh, that tells you uh, their mindset. But um, um, what we need to do is uh, match it early in the game, uh, mindset-wise, uh, the toughness of their team. Uh, we're pretty tough, too. So uh, on Saturday at 3, uh, it, it's going to be a great match. 
Sounds like the keys for the Chiefs are Mariota, Walker, and Henry. If you can stop Henry, it seems like the Chiefs defense is still in the football game. Definitely. Derrick Henry is not the type of running back that I'm worried about as far as the Chiefs defense. Our, our defense kind of the, the patient runner, the more shifty, crafty, uh, Bell, uh, White from New England, th- those type of running backs uh, seem to cause us more problems because we're, we, we do such a great job of penetrating and staying in our gaps that when you when you stretch a defense and then you can cut back on it or you you have enough patience to wait for somebody to get out of a gap that's when we get that's when we get hurt as a defense but when it, when it's just big running backs coming downhill at us uh, our our front our linebackers have done a great job in that front seven of really creating a a, a brick wall almost Reggie like Ragland honestly could be like the move of the year yeah, I like him. I, I, that that fifty nine is not only uh, it wasn't only my number. He's doing uh, he's doing such justice with that number right now. Um, that's probably one of the best moves we made on defense is getting that guy in a lot more playing time. You happy Reg- Reggie's wearing your number? Oh yeah, I mean that's gonna be the Bama versus Bama, right? Uh, <laughs> with him against uh, Henry, uh, some of those old old practice days of uh, uh, Derrick Henry versus Reggie Ragland. We'll see how it used to go down uh, back in those old Bama days. Yeah, no, I, I think Reggie Ragland's done a, a tremendous job. If there was one thing the Chiefs were pretty weak at, you know, in the middle of the year was stopping this run. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it, it's the type of thing where you can take the Titans out of this game early if you have two or three three and outs at the beginning. Because I, like we were saying earlier, I think the Chiefs offense is better and I think they can score in this Titans defense. So if you jump out to a 10, 14, 17 point lead early, I think this game could be over. That said, this Titans team came back from 14 nothing last year. So you still have to play through the game. Yeah. And I think... Again, going back to the similar theme of what we've been saying, I think the Chiefs are in a place mentally where they finally realize, you know, we can't screw around. You know, we can't screw around with these games. Playoff life is so precious, we have to step in their throat, and I think if they take that approach, they'll win the football game. Yeah, I think each drive um, you have to have a goal of of putting together some first downs and then going to get touchdowns. That, that, that should be your goal every time the offense get the ball, if you're, if you're the Chiefs. You start off thinking about getting one or two first downs, and then once you get that momentum, it has to be a touchdown. You know, you don't, you're not, you're not, you're not satisfied with settling for field goals or punting the ball. First down, first down, this thing's touchdown. Last point, most important defensive player, or I'll, I'll give you two or three if you want to say, but most important defensive players for the Chiefs this game. Uh, for the Chiefs, um, it's going to be my man uh, Reggie Ragland. It's going, it's the running game. If you, if you can't stop the Tennessee Titans from running the ball downhill, that's how they set up uh, Mariota on his. Um, bootlegs and all his uh, play action, uh, ROPs, whatever you want to call them, the run up, pass up, RPOs, run pass options, um, all that kind of stuff is set off with the running game. And, and, and from a mental standpoint, their head coach, their offense coordinator, their offensive line, everybody in, on the Titans bus know that they have to run the ball in order to be effective. And if you take that away from them, then they'll – start throwing the ball around, they start doing some things that are out of character. And that that's what's led, you know, that, that losing streak for them. That's what led to those those losses back to back to back. They kind of got away from what their mantra is and they started to throw the ball a little bit more and uh, you know, those 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 turnovers, uh it, it bites them in the butt sometimes. It costs them. That's not that's not their game. So uh we get them out of their game early, um, mostly by us scoring on offense. Um get get you know, get a 10, 15, 14 point lead. And then we start playing some uh, really lockdown defense. Don't ruin the prediction segment. <laughs> we'll get into predictions when we come back. We'll also read your tweets. This is the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. It's the Chiefs and Titans wildcard weekend. Arrowhead Stadium. The barbecues will be out. I'm sure it's going to smell great. Mm. And Arrowhead Stadium. 
We are talking predictions for this game, playoff predictions. Joel's not here today. As always, we'll start with Sean. All right, this one's going to cook up to be a good one on Saturday. It's going to be a nice cold weather, nice crisp weather, but the barbecue's going to be hot. So I think the Chiefs going to start out start out with another 14-0 lead. Um, two more field goals. We're going to take a 20-10 lead at halftime against the Titans. And then in the second half, I see three kicker field goals good. 29-20. to 20. The Chiefs move on. To the next round. You know, Sean, a few people that enjoy a butt kicker field goal like you enjoy a butt kicker field goal. <laughs> He's the man, man. That's my guy. <laughs> I yeah, think, he is. I think this game has the buildup of a potential for a Chiefs stomping of the Titans. But that is not, like, Chiefs enough for what's going to happen. I think they go out and get off to a, a quick start. I think maybe it's a 14, 10-point lead to begin the game. But I think the Titans fight their way back, and it's, it's a dogfight in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, again, the Chiefs wind up pulling away. I think it's a 28-17 to 17 win for the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. Chiefs moving on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Mr. Seth. Um, I mean, I've thought about this game a lot, although I've been kind of distracted burying my head in Patrick Mahomes making stupid throws film. Um, and by stupid, I mean that in like, you know, the way the kids say, like, good. Oh, uh, stupid. Oh, you, yeah, you're, not only are you working out for the new year, you're using all kinds of terminology. I'm thinking you're a lot yeah, cooler well, this year already. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm down or whatever it is. Yeah, you know what? I'm old. I need to get over it. Anyway, um, I think the Chiefs are going to win this one going away. I've looked at the Titans a little bit and, you know, obviously we've seen a Chiefs team show up that's very capable of losing to the Titans, but not lately. What's gotten lost in all the Patrick Mahomes furor is that the Chiefs closed the season winning four in a row. And they're they're playing well enough that Mahomes was a big part of it, but their backups beat a lot of Denver starters. And that's that's where they're at right now. And so I think the Chiefs win this one thirty to hold on, let me do the math. 16. I think the Titans are able to get some field goals and move the ball a little bit, but that's about it. I think the Chiefs are comfortable throughout most of the game. They kind of kick it into, you know, cruise control the last quarter and a half. But I think the Chiefs take this one and then get a shot at redemption against either the Steelers or the Patriots. Three Chiefs pickers for this Saturday. That's three people thinking the Chiefs move on. Those are your predictions for this game. Seth, uh, we're counting on you right now. We need some playoff advice for the Arrowhead Pride Heads. <laughs> Playoff advice for the Arrowhead Pride Heads? I actually have very good advice. Um, you know, I, uh, and this is going to come out bad maybe, maybe a little preachy. Preach. But, you know, I was looking at, you know, the Chiefs announced that Philip Gaines went on injured reserve, and the replies to that made me really sad. And I guess here, here's the advice I would give fans. If you want players to show loyalty towards the team, maybe don't chortle when someone gets hurt. Maybe don't act like you're glad about it because I can't imagine being a player that sees one of my friends getting mocked openly and then having a fan base say to me, well, you should be loyal. It's like, well, I don't know about all that. So there's my advice. Be nice. I agree. And hopefully when you, you look at Twitter, it's only a small percentage of Chiefs fans, but the loud, sometimes the smallest percentage is the loudest That's when it comes to these things. Quite true, the squeaky wheel, as it were. <laughs> well, he is Seth Kaiser. You can find his work at Real MN Chiefs Fan. Did a lot of good Patrick Mahomes work this week. But we're not going to talk about Patrick Mahomes anymore until about four or five weeks from now after the Chiefs run their Super Bowl parade down power mm -hmm. and light. <laughs> right? Amen. All right, Seth, take care. Take care, guys. All right, that's Seth Kaiser.
Really good work. Find it on OurHeadPride.com or at RealMNChiefsFan on Twitter. Now, we're going to read some tweets, and we'll call it a show. First tweet comes from Matt Viola at Devin Travis 29 What are your thoughts on Parker Anger's game, and does he start at left guard this week, or do we ride the horses that got us there? Thanks. I think this answer's easy. Go ahead, Chum. Yeah, we stay with who got us there. Like, no, no changes. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. The offense has been looking great the last few weeks. Um, keep the same guy calling plays. Keep the same guy throwing the ball, same guy running the ball. Um, no need to change the tight end position or the wide receivers. We, we got the horses that, are, that we rode here, and we're going to keep riding them on to the next round of the playoffs. I know Parker Anger has started games before, and he had the injury, and it's unfortunate. But to this year, it seemed a little bit more like a redshirt year. It's a it's a get-back-to-yourself type of year, and I think he'll be here in training camp. I think you look to Parker Ingram perhaps next year, but you got to ride with the guys you had. And the Chiefs' offensive line has been playing a lot better, and I think that's why you saw the four-game winning streak, and you stick with those guys moving forward. Aaron Elder at aelder 27 Who's better, the 2016 Chiefs or the 2017 Chiefs? Oh, the 2017 Chiefs. Easy. It's the, the, off the offensive balance that we're seeing right now is it hasn't been seen in I don't know how many years. Like, like it's amazing to see a team that has that many weapons and all of them be able to perform each week and to see the drafts we're putting together. The only, the on, the only Achilles heel of our offense right now is the red zone. Um, our red zone offense has kind of struggled a little bit. And once we get into the red zone, we kind of stall out a little bit, but that's been uh, one man's trash, another man's treasure. So, but kicker has been, hitting a phenomenal amount of field goals because we've struggled in the red zone. So uh, we, 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 we end up with points almost every drive. So that, it's, a, it's a great thing going on now. So I, I would say the 2017 defense, I mean, 2017 Chiefs. Yeah, I got to say the 2017 Chiefs. Just seeing, as you're saying, more balance. There's a lot more uh, weapons. Tyree Kill in 2016 was more of a specialist where he's really developed as, you can't even argue this, I think, anymore, one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL. And you have the rushing champ when – Again, Spencer Ware is great, and he did a great job last year, but he maybe isn't the long-term answer when this kid just won the rushing title. The defense has kind of been shored up. You don't have Eric Berry, which is a huge loss, but the fact that he's providing that emotional boost you know, these past few weeks, I'm sure throughout the playoffs, will help. you got to think the 2017 Chiefs are better, and they have a better chance. There's just a better feel this year going into the postseason. Michael Howard at Michael M U S E A. Chiefs win or lose if Kareem gets 75 total yards from scrimmage? Oh, uh, 75 total yards from Kareem, we still win. Yeah, because he can get 75 passing or receiving yards as well. well. Yeah, I think I think he was saying if it's total. Is he talking about total scrimmage? If he's talking about total. Wait a minute. You're right. It said if a Kareem only gets 75 total yards from scrimmage, I misread it, will the Chiefs win or lose? I think we'll still win. Um, because the Titans stick. You, you, I, don't, I don't think they can stop Kelsey. I don't think they can stop Hill. I think Robinson is still in between him and Albert. They'll, they'll, between the two of them, have a good game. Our passing offense can dominate this team um, through the air. They, I don't think their secondary matches up well against us. Um, so if Kareem Hunt doesn't have a, a, a big game, a great game, that just means other guys have really took off. This is a complete hypothetical scenario, so it's hard to judge. It would worry me a little bit if Kareem Hunt would only get 75 total yards from scrimmage because I think they're going to want to involve him on Saturday. But with that said, I think even if he has a, a tough game, Chiefs offensive line is having a tough game, I, can, I think the Chiefs can still manage to win. It'll be a lot closer yes. than the blowouts we predicted, but I think the Chiefs can still manage to win. 
Jack Weber at Jack Weber TX. Last year we lost to Tennessee while going one of four in the red zone, only giving Ty the ball once, and Andy giving Suck up two field goal attempts on the winner. What would it take for us to lose? Turnover uh, minus three in turnover. I think silly mistakes. Yeah, minus minus three turnover ratio. I think the Chiefs lose on Saturday. It's going to be the Chiefs beating themselves. I know a lot of times you're like, oh, well, the other team has to win, do things like that. If the Chiefs, there are games when you can beat yourself. Yeah. Whereas you you throw a stupid pass and it's intercepted and it goes for six and then all of a sudden you're down fourteen. Your offensive game plan changes. That type of game where the Chiefs are making mistakes, fumbles. You know, you saw Kareem Hunt fumble that football. Hasn't really done it in a long time. I think if you avoid silly mental mistakes, nothing to worry about in this one. Troy Kaufman at Troy Kaufman. Will we bring constant pressure on Mariota? What's the chances of Wilson's return next year? Um, okay, let's start with – there's two questions here. Will we bring constant pressure on Mariota? I, I expect to see that. Um, I just think you have to be careful with bringing pressure on a, on a quarterback that mobile because, I mean, I'm obviously, from a defense standpoint, when you bring pressure, you're giving up something. Like, you can't, you can't bring pressure and cover – uh, as good as you can. So you, you give up something to bring that extra pressure. So more of a spy technique, um, you know, bringing, bringing guys off the edges, pushing pressure up the middle, but also having a guy as a whole player, like a rat player, who kind of spies the quarterback and just be, be there in case he does scrambling. That probably works more so than just bringing that extra guy off the edge. Um, and then the second part of the question was, what, what are the chances you see Albert Wilson return next year? Um, I like Albert Wilson. I think that he 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 has a role in his offense. I think he does a lot of good things well. Um, I think he has a, a certain chemistry. We found out a week ago um, with Mahomes. Um, so he's kind of a he, you know, he, as a receiver, more of a safety net. Albert Wilson is an unrestricted free agent. I think he may get the opportunity to be paid. You know, like a number two, number three receiver. I also think he'll want to be here, though. So if the yeah. Chiefs can come to an agreement where both parties kind of get what they want, I think you see Albert Wilson back. But he proved, you know what? And I sort of was writing him off in training camp. I didn't know if he'd be on the team. And he's proven, you know, he's a great role player in the National Football League. So I think it's definitely a guy you want to consider bringing back for next season. Justin, at T-E-U-F-E-L 9191, has Spencer Ware become trade bait or a cut casualty moving the next year? I mean, he's he's coming back off an injury, so I don't know what kind of trade value you have for a guy coming off injury. I think that he he probably needs to stay here and prove that he's healthy again. Um, usually, when you come off of an injury, it's, it's very it's a very tough market anyway um, to trade from team to team. But when um, especially coming back off of injury, man, it's it's, it's very hard to get a, a, any another organization to have as much faith in you than your own organization does. You so. saw Jamal Charles struggle with that. Yeah, and especially as a running back. I mean, it, it, the. the the, not having the film, not having the ability to show that you actually are cutting and breaking tackles and can do everything you was before that hurt. And these questions for what it's worth are a little bit more difficult given the fact that Brett Veach does things a little bit differently than John Dorsey. We haven't really seen him in these offseason decisions quite yet. Will he just walk away from a player who's injured? We don't really know what his mentality is with this stuff. I like to see Spencer Wareback at least like in a training camp trial role to see where he's at. I think him and Kareem Hunt and, you know, then maybe has Kendrick West as a three. Akeem Hunt somehow fits in there. He just got injured. You know, it's an interesting question. But that's all next year. We're talking about this year. We may have four games left. You never know. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening with Spencer Ware. Last question from Great Googly Moogly at Mutiny32. What is your favorite date idea? Great Googly Moogly. My favorite date idea. Oh, Lord. Um, 
Let's go go down to the. Uh, they have a new restaurant, not a new one, but a uh, new location. Um, the Red Door Grill. Their food there is awesome. They have a great a great image of uh, um, uh, Buck O'Neill and some other famous um, uh, Lynn Dawson, and Pete it's Aaron. a great. Uh, I'll put it on the Facebook so we can we can see it. It's a, it's a great <laughs> foursome of of Kansas City legends. You want to get out your phone? No, I said I'm gonna put it up on the Facebook. <laughs> Um, but they, yes, it's a great atmosphere. If you haven't been to the Red Grill, I think it's at 159th in Antioch in that new Blue Hawk area. So, Great date idea. Free I, I gave you a great idea at the beginning of the show. Uh, Chiefs tickets for Saturday are cheaper than usual. You can take baby girl or baby boy to a Chiefs game. I'm looking right now, high of 35, low of 29. That's a little cold. You know, sometimes you need the body heat. You, know, you hold hands a little bit, get a, get get close. A little hot chocolate. You know what? Share a nice kiss after the Chiefs win. Start 2018 the right way, but Sean, that's it. That's it, buddy. Is, is, what's it, uh, I think we're ready. Katie I think Bar we're ready Gates. for some Chiefs football, some Chiefs playoff football. Already, I got my picture right here to show everybody. Who's All right, Sean, are we ready to close the show? Oh yeah. Any final it. words for the Pride Heads before we go? Oh, um, if you don't get your ticket, you got a few days left. Get your ticket. Get the Arrowhead. Plan something with your friends. Come out there early. Let's barbecue it up. Let's get all that steam of brewing, all them, uh, all, all, but the barbecue, the burn-ins, the, the the baby backs. Let's get it going. Let's get that meat smoking, the, uh, 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 the mac and cheese, and all the sides going. Let's let's just have a good old-fashioned cookout before we uh, take care of those Titans on Saturday. Root your team on. Uh, be part of this uh, this playoff run. Unless the Bills somehow continue their miracle journey, this is the last game at Arrowhead Stadium all season so get out there enjoy it it's the first time the chiefs are trying to win a home playoff game in 23 years breaking all kinds of boundaries with andy Reid as the head coach it's the chiefs and the titans this saturday afternoon not going sean mcdonough john gruden on the call if you are going have a great time tell us how it is mention us at arrowhead pride on twitter i'm at pg sweeney he's at sean barber 59 for sean barber i'm pete sweeney enjoy the game this saturday I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.